Hello, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Thursday, the 19th of May. Today's show has very much a young entrepreneurial theme. Included are an interview with a 23-year-old Newcastle-based entrepreneur, and also Duncan Robbie, who is director of Shell Livewire, which is, for those of you who don't know, a free support service for young people looking to set up and run their own businesses. As usual, I've also got a roundup of small business and enterprise news stories for the week. But first, let's move on to some comments this week. Just one comment from a listener called Rob from rsitesolutions.com who dropped me an email on last week's show which included advice on selling from Richard Denny, one of the leading UK experts in the field. Uh, so Rob says, great show. I really enjoy listening. Some very interesting information and stories and I can't wait for the next one. So thank you very much, Rob, for that. It's always great to receive uh, positive feedback. Uh, but of course, it's not just about uh, giving me an ego trip. I'd be actually very interested to hear from listeners about uh, your views on small business and enterprise issues or, or problems you face in, in starting or running up your own business. Uh, I'd quite like to set up a small business advice section where we can find answers to your questions or problems. So if you have uh, either of those, do drop me an email at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk or alternatively as always you can leave comments on the comment section of the uh, Small Biz Pod blog. Also there have been some interesting statistics flying around as a result of a Hewlett-Packard survey on US small businesses. Apparently 16% of SMEs have built blogging into their marketing budgets for the next couple of years which is quite an interesting statistic and shows that some of this new media is having an impact. But it's very, very, very limited in terms of uh, numbers of small businesses that are taking up blogging, to my knowledge, in the UK. So again, if you do blog and you are running a small business, then do drop us a line and tell us a little bit about it. I'd I'd like to find out a little bit more about how many uh, small businesses are either considering blogging in the UK or are actually doing it already. The idea of starting and running your own business is becoming increasingly popular with around a thousand new businesses being created each week in the UK. Um, What's inspiring is how many young people are coming up with bright ideas and business concepts and taking the plunge into running their own business rather than entering the uh, more traditional sort of private and public sector career paths that that once would have been um, a first choice for many. Uh, I guess shows like The Apprentice, um, Dragon's Den, Risking It All, all have a part to play in uh, raising the profile of uh, enterprise and running your own business. And uh, certainly there's a an element of uh, unpredictability, excitement. Uh, it, it's an inevitable roller coaster, which may well appeal to um, a younger generation of UK entrepreneurs. Now, one of those young entrepreneurs, or perhaps I should call him an impresario, maybe that's a little bit little bit early for, for me to call him that, but we'll see, is um, Newcastle-based Ollie Royds, who, together with his business partner Adam Kent, 
has recently set up a theatre production company called Bums on Seats Productions. Uh, they've already sold out Newcastle City Hall with one of their shows, Swing Fever, which celebrates artists like Frank Sinatra, Nina Simone and Dean Martin. And they've got uh, big plans for the future. In addition to that, they've just won the, the northeast heats of the Shell Livewire Young Entrepreneur of the Year competition. So, Ollie, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Thank you. In the um, we'll, we'll do fine, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the next Cameron Macintosh, perhaps. Oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> okay. Um, tell me a little bit about um, Bums on Seats Productions. You know, when was it set up? Why did you set it up? And, and so on and so forth. Give, give uh, listeners a little bit of a background on, on the company. Right. Well, um, I met my uh, business partner, Adam Kent, um, uh, whilst we at university, actually. And um, we both were heavily involved with the Newcastle University Theatre Society. Um, and I ended up running it in my final year. Um, that involved sort of putting lots of plays together over the year. Um, also seeing sort of the, the side of it, the finance side of it, and, and all that sort of stuff. So very much almost like running your own business. Um, Adam and I both did quite a few uh, musicals together directing and producing them and um, Adam's very much from, from the, the background of the music side of things he composes his own music so um, after the university we both thought well this is something we quite like and something we'd like to get involved in and, and do um, but it's such a difficult business to get involved in and, and, and to actually get break into that market um, and you can like a lot of people join a production company and work your way up over several years but we thought well we know how to put on a really good show we've done that before um, we researched it a bit and, and, and got some advice from people um, from sort of enterprise centre at the university and, and places like that. Um, and we thought, well, let's go for it, jump in at the deep end and, and set up our own company. So that's pretty much what we did, really. Um, Buns on Seats has been going a year now. Um, we started off and we, we, we said, well, right, we need to put a show on. Um, musicals is where we want to go, but no one's really going to come and see um, a, a couple of young guys who haven't got any reputation and, yeah. and a show that no one's ever heard of. So we thought, well, let's look at it. Swing music is something that we both quite like. We put on a few swing shows um, throughout the, our time at university. So we thought, let's put on a, a big swing show with dancers, singers, and a massive big band. Um, you know, we could put Sinatra, uh, Frank Sinatra on a picture and people will, hopefully will come and see it. Yeah. So we uh, literally got on the phone to theatres and rang up the City Hall, which is a 2,000-seat capacity, and we thought, all right, help. Um, anyway, uh, would would you mind if if we uh, put on a show? And they said, yeah, okay. They took a risk. Yeah. Um, so literally, we had five months um, to put on a show. We hadn't hadn't got a show. We had a sort of rough concept. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what we did. And we actually ended up managing to sell it out, um, which from then sort of gave us a springboard to to do a sort of mini tour of the northeast and then return to to um, to uh, the city hall at Christmas, um, which we did, and we actually sold that out again. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of how we how we got going, I suppose. Well, it's quite it's quite interesting because I mean all that um, Rat Pack and Swing concept is extremely popular at the moment. So uh, you've obviously got a shrewd idea for for what works um, commercially. Yeah, well, I mean you do definitely. I mean after all, um, a bit cliche, but you know you need to get bumps on seats, and that's yeah. what we're all about, really. Yeah. Um, so we you have to find a product that you think is going to sell. Um, now, there is a resurgence of swing, I think, at the moment. I mean, it comes in phases, but you'll always have the swing generation, that sort of era, um, who, who are dedicated, and, and there's massive fan bases of the Franks and Archers and the, the likes of them. 
but also the Jamie Callums and the Robbie Williams of this world have sort of given it a new life within a younger generation. Yeah. And um, what we can do is we add the younger generation performing it. So we have young artists um, who are enthusiastic. Um, and, and what we like to say is, you know, we're, we're putting on a show when we'd like the audience to have as much fun as we're having on stage with, yeah. in terms of the band, the orchestra, you know, the singers and the dancers. So um, that's really why we're for swing, and, and it has been, it's been popular, and hopefully it is. We're in the process of organising um, a big national tour now, um, yeah. which is the next step, which is going out at Christmas um, okay. throughout the UK, coming to sort of the city's New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, yeah. How do you how do you sort of work out? Obviously, I don't want you to give away anything sort of commercially sensitive, but is is calculating um, your you know your profit margins and so on and so forth must be quite difficult in an area like that where the number of seats you're going to sell is is a little bit unpredictable. Has that been a, a difficult area for you to come to terms with, or, or was experience at university on the, the sort of finance side enough to, to to keep you on track? Well, it definitely helped, um, but obviously it's theatre, and um, as any theatre um, producer or anyone in the theatre world will tell you, it, it, you know, it is it is very risky. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you really don't know until opening night whether people are going to come and see your show. Um, so you do, have, I mean, you have to do a lot of research, and, and we thought we, you know, we could put on a great show, but if you don't market, market it correctly, yeah. um, then no one obviously is going to come and see it. So... Um, we did spend a lot of time on that, and, and we were lucky being, I mean, which obviously we're not going to do, be able to do for other shows, um, uh, but being based in Newcastle, we had, it was just a one-off show we were doing here, so we could, could put time in on the ground um, yeah. to, to get it, you know, making sure people knew about it. And actually, that's the, the best sort of advertising for something like that, is on-the-ground marketing, you know, getting yeah. people out there to go out and tell people about it, rather than just putting posters on. I mean, that definitely helps. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, we had a bit of help from that. We had a lot of advice given us, given to us. But really much we thought, well, you know, we've, we've booked this place. We've booked the city hall. We've got to do it. Um, so we went to sort of every extent to make sure that these people turned yeah. up. And yeah. that's sort of where we went. So, I mean, although theatre production isn't, uh, isn't the most common of um, small business, businesses or enterprises, the, the basic elements in terms of selling the product and marketing and, and getting word of mouth going are, in essence, the, the same. The principles are the same. It is a business and you're, you, you need to take into account all of those elements. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's very much like any business, really. Um, you have a product, um, you, you need to work out how you're going to sell that product, um, and you've got to get out and do it. Yeah. Um, and that's the same as us. I mean, it's slightly different in terms of we have a, our, our product is our show, um, and quite often we we work up beforehand and then launch the show um, rather than it, it, you know selling it every day. Um, eventually, we we will be touring and selling the product every day, so it is very much like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's different. It's certainly different. Yeah. So, what have been the the biggest challenges in that you and Adam have faced in in setting up the business in the first instance? The biggest challenges, well, finance really. Um, yeah. I suppose it came down to that. You know, it's a different like any business. You need you need a bit of finance, a bit of startup. Um, the, the challenges of the risks as well. Um, you know, we were taking a bit of a risk by saying yeah. here we were going to fill out this this place. We were going to put these shows on. Um, so, so that was a challenge. But um, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you're not by setting up your business. It's not just going to, you know, make you millions overnight. It is it's like anything. You have to put time and effort into it, and you have to take risk. I think um, I very much believe that. And you know, to be successful in, in businesses, you need to take uh, take you know calculated risks at certain times yeah. to get yeah. on and do it. Um, 
So I guess those sort of things were the, were the, the biggest challenges. Um, we we had a little bit of startup funding, a bit of help um, at the beginning, um, but you know the, the risks the risks are always there. The risks yeah. are everything. I imagine most banks are not terribly keen to lend to theatre production companies <laughs> startups. <laughs> They're not really. I mean, you, you, you'll find they will support you once you've got a yeah. show on at the West End and things like that. Well. Yeah saying that even then they're not necessarily going to going to going to back you yeah. um, but there are people out there there are investors there are um angels as they call them in the theater yes. world um who are keen um we're at the stage now when we are getting involved with them because obviously we need a hell of a lot more um startup and, and what and finance and capital to, to take us around the whole uk yeah so we're, yeah. We, we we've got investors involved in the show that we're doing at christmas and and, and various other projects that we're doing as well throughout the year or well, the next couple of years as well yeah but you're a proven entity now having having sold out newcastle so uh yeah um, that we, must we, help. I mean, we're starting to get a reputation yeah um which is good we, we've got that behind us the back i mean obviously it's still very very early days and you yeah. know we we have we actually just i was speaking to the city hall manager again this morning he's been a great help in terms of giving us advice and his knowledge and experience over the, the last 40 50 years yeah. can tell us and, and he did say that he thought it was very rare and we were lucky well, lucky, but also you know it, it, it was a, a good business, a good um, yeah, shrewd show that perhaps. He thought, but you know, selling out twice yeah. within six months um, is quite un, 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 unlikely. So um, yeah. he was quite surprised when we did it. But you know, at the yeah. end of the day, it, it, we, we have done it, and it's helped us um, go on further. Yeah, and gives us more credibility, I think. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so do you think you and Adam have any sort of special qualities that are? Are vital for for the success that you've you've had so far in terms of your sort of entrepreneurial spirit. Oh, um, in terms of the entrepreneurial spirit, um, Adam's qualities certainly are more in the creative side with the um, with, with the music. He's very good at that. I mean, he's fantastic. Real stuffy composers. Um, both of us have learnt, had to learn a hell of a lot in terms of business over the last year. I mean, we weren't very business minded really ourselves. Um, what I would say to anyone starting other business, it's all about getting out there and talking to people and networking, which, you know, people get sort of a bit scared by that word. Yeah. And um, especially in the theatre world, it's all about networking. But in any business, it's all about making contacts and relationships with people. Um, so I would say that that's a really important thing to do. Uh, luckily, um, you know, I, I quite like talking to people and that's probably one of my sort of stronger points um, <laughs> in getting out there and having a chat with people and making relationships with them. So definitely that's, that's something I would say that you need to do. And, and don't be afraid to, to ask for help, um, especially being an entrepreneur. It's very difficult to get out there and, and you know, well, I'm starting my own business up. You're not going to be able to do it all on your own. Yeah. And there are, there are networks, there are people, and, and there are lots, lots of businesses out there who really you know, are willing to help and give you a bit of advice. They won't do it for you, but they'll you know, put you in touch with the right people and, and guide you and help you along your way. Yeah. Okay. Great stuff. So, what are what are your plans for the next twelve months? You've you've mentioned obviously the, the the shows at Christmas. In in twelve months' time, where would you where would you like to see Bums on Seeds Productions? Right. Well, we 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 sort of relaunched the whole um, after the first year. We relaunched what we're doing, and um, the, one of the things we started out with was obviously um, which was a mistake in a way, but not really because that, I mean, we we spent our whole time working on this one show that we were putting on, and to prove that we could do it. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of the theatre world, you need to plan months and months in advance because you need to be working on projects that are going ahead later on. So yeah. that's when one project's finished, the next one's already going. 
Um, so now we've, we've, we've got quite a few projects set up to go that we're doing. So we've got the, the, the creative side. We, we have sort of three tiers within our business. We have a creative side, a some more commercial side, and then a corporate entertainment side. So um, with the creative side, we have uh, some original shows that we sort of take up to the Edinburgh Fringe, which yeah. hopefully you know, may act as a launch pad into other places with new original music. The commercial shows are more sort of like the Swing Fever shows. Um, and then we have a, a corporate entertainment side in terms of entertainment and music and, and big band stuff, which we're doing as well. So we're running that then um, quite consistently now with, with, within the business. Um, the next 12 months, well, we've got the Fringe, obviously, this summer with four shows that we're taking up there. Okay. Um, we've got the Christmas show that we're, we're touring with Swing Fever. Um, we'd like to get a, a spring um, show, a spring tour of Swing Fever put in there as well. Um, we've also, we're working with Venice Entertainment, um, a large media uh, production company, um, and we're working on a, uh, a product, uh, uh, developing a, a, um, a series, sorry, for um, Channel 4 maybe, or, 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 you know, a BBC, that sort of side of things, okay. um, in a sort of a music music show. Right. Um, so that's something which we're just early stages of development, but hopefully, you know, I'd like to see maybe in the next 12 months that something will happen with that, and we're actually, we're actually putting that on. Um, and we're in talks with some producers in, in the West End and in London to tour um, uh, 42nd Street, maybe. Oh, great. Throughout the UK. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of things in the pipeline. That's what you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, Ollie, many thanks for that. That was uh, extremely interesting talking to you. And um, good luck. Thank you very much. That's brilliant, Alex. Cheers. And now on to this week's news. Providing for retirement is the biggest issue for directors of small businesses, according to new research from the Factors and Discounters Association, which was released this week. Around 32% of small business owners claim that they lie awake worrying about the pensions issue. Um, balancing work and family life was the second most common cause of sleepless nights amongst business directors. And moving on to some stories on the UK's labour market. Margaret Hodge, who is the new Minister of State for Work, yesterday welcomed official statistics showing that the UK labour market is at its strongest for decades, with 28.6 million people now in work, up 183,000 on a year ago. But the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, however, released its quarterly labour market outlook, which reveals that UK employers are becoming much more pessimistic about employment prospects. Almost half of UK employers, according to the survey, expect to employ fewer people this time next year. Uh, this may be for a combination of reasons, and perhaps there is a certain amount of unease about the broader economic environment going forward. Uh, to continue, I'm afraid, the, the rather gloomy news, uh, the CBI also have released a survey, their quarterly survey of small businesses, uh, which reveal that the in the next three m months, SMEs expect orders to remain largely unchanged, although smaller firms are predicting a fall in orders and have already seen a net decrease in the numbers of people they have employed during the last quarter. Hugh Morgan-Williams, who chairs the CBI's SME Council, says 
These storm signals send a sharp message to both the government and the Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee that further deterioration is probable unless corrective action is taken. And by that, I guess we can assume uh, making sure that interest rates don't rise uh, is probably at the back of the CBI's mind. On a slightly more positive note, the Queen's speech was announced on, uh, or made, delivered in fact, on Tuesday. And most small business groups welcomed the government's programme of legislation affecting business. There were many positive signs in terms of um, employment law, cutting regulation and reviews of existing legislation. So uh, a generally positive um, welcome for the programme of legislation uh, due to appear that will affect businesses in the next parliament. And finally, the British Chambers of Commerce have announced a programme of seminars to help small businesses minimise the risks to their business by better protecting their investment in technology. Uh, whether you have firewalls, whether you have uh, computers that are actually secure in your offices and places of work uh, all fall within the scope of the seminars that the British Chamber of Commerce are planning. Uh, these will take place over the next six months, as I said, and details of dates and venues for the seminars can be found at uh, the British Chambers of Commerce uh, website, which is at www.chambersonline.co.uk. And that just about wraps up the news for this week. Okay, we've just heard from Ollie Royds, one of the new breed of enterprising young people who have decided to make starting and running their own business their career. Uh, but where do you go for advice and support if you are a, a budding young entrepreneur? Well, in, in fact, there are a huge number of support services out there from the Prince's Trust and Business Links to Young Enterprise. And uh, I'll make sure links to uh, these organisations are included in today's show notes. Um, but one of the longest established support networks for young entrepreneurs in the UK, however, is Shell Livewire, uh, which aims to provide young people from all over the UK, whatever their background, uh, the advice and help they need to set up a business. So I'm delighted to welcome to a small biz pod today Duncan Robbie, who is director of Shell Livewire, to tell us a little bit more about the organisation and also the young enterprise or the, excuse me, the Young Entrepreneur of the Year Awards uh, that Shell Livewire runs. So, Duncan, thanks for coming on the show today. Delighted to be here, Alex. Thank you. Um, when was Shell Livewire set up, and and what was it set up to do? Shell Livewire was set up as a uh, originally as a regional based program. It started in Strathclyde in 1982. I suppose you can almost look at it as it was kind of a pilot phase. Okay. And it was it, it was started up because it was perceived that there was a need. Uh, Shell noticed that there was a need for assisting people in uh, informing themselves as to whether or not they wanted to be a young entrepreneur, a young business person, or self-employed, and in providing them and promoting self-employment. And, and it's something that doesn't happen a great deal is the kind of promotion of people who've gone into business unless they become super famous, super successful. Mm -hmm. So it was perceived that there was a need. It started in 82 in Strathclyde and it grew two years later to become a Scottish programme then across the whole of the UK and now it's in over 20 countries worldwide operating in different shapes and forms. 
Okay. So why did Shell choose to get involved in this area? It seems a, a strange uh, uh, area for a, a large oil company to be involved. Well, uh, as I say, Shell actually started this program. Shell staff who, who, who started this program, and they, had, uh, they felt that there was, a, there was a need in this area. The Shell works with a large number of, being a huge company, uh, a yeah. multinational company, works with a large number of companies, some of which are very small, some of which are large organizations. And it, w- it was just felt that there was, a, there was a lack of support. The government were keen on business creation as an opportunity for young people. It's quite a niche section, and Shell felt that it was, it was one of the areas to which they wanted to back support. I mean, they also back a number of other activities with the Shell STEP program and graduate placements and graduate training. So it was a kind of natural feel that, that it was an area that, that needed some assistance. Okay, fine. So uh, talking about the Young Entrepreneur of the Year Awards, which are, are one element of the Livewire program, um, how many businesses have entered this year and, and what, what types of businesses have you, have you seen entering? Okay, I mean, this year across the UK we've had uh, in a region of 650 businesses apply. We have a tremendous diverse range of businesses from juice bars to folk music, record producers, to people who are involved in the catering industry, to the IT industry, to design. <coughs> Pardon me. I mean, I've, we've just recently held the Scottish final, mm-hmm. in which with 10 businesses, all which all of which were completely and utterly different. And do you think this, is, this sort of reflects the particular passions of the entrepreneurs involved? Yeah, I think uh, for young entrepreneurs, the most popular startup area is the cafe bar. Okay. And we find this because we, we provide bespoke business kits free of charge to people who are considering setting up in business. And the area of topic that we're asked for the most is the cafe bar. It has been for a couple of years. Obviously, there's different kind of derivatives of that, from the internet cafe to the kind of fruit, the health bar. But the cafe yeah. bar has been the most popular. What we have seen a change recently is we've seen a growth in, in areas that haven't been particularly popular, just because probably because these these are new arenas, and that would be such as being a full-time eBay trader. We're getting more and more people asking for information about that, having okay. a full which is obviously new with the growth of the internet and, and the online yeah. trading. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, when a, a newish business or a, or a young entrepreneur decides that uh, they'll take their chances and enter uh, Shell LifeWire's Entrepreneur of the Year awards, if they get through, what are, the, what are the benefits that they can expect to see if they end up winning? Well, there's, I suppose there's a number of benefits. The first one is, there's some nice cash prizes to be won. Uh, the winner of the UK awards next next month we've got the the, the UK final of the yeah. Shell Live or Young Entrepreneur of the Year awards, and they'll pick up ten thousand pounds, which is a nice boost to your business. And they Absolutely. and they may well have picked up additional cash prizes on the way through at local and at uh, country levels. In addition to that, they will have picked up some publicity, yeah. and the publicity will benefit their business. A great example would be. The one of my judges from two days ago was the was the UK winner back in eighty back in ninety three. Okay. And the biggest benefit for him was not the five thousand pounds he won at the UK final. It was the one million pound contract he got from someone who was attending the event 
Okay. Uh, yeah. that, that quadrupled or increased his business five, sixfold even instantly overnight yeah. because yeah. of the exposure he got. So the PR has huge value. And the third and one of the most important arenas is it's a very lonely thing being a young entrepreneur because you tend to, a large majority of these businesses that start up are just is one person. There may be two or three friends who join together, but a large proportion of one is one person. And that person focuses on their business pretty well 24-7. Yeah. They haven't got time for, the social life takes a heck of a battering when you're setting up a business, especially mm. in those early years. And there isn't, unless you join a formal networking club for young entrepreneurs, of which there are one or two creeping in now, there isn't anywhere where young entrepreneurs can bounce ideas off each other, they can discuss issues, they can, they can highlight, um, they can just generally network and, and, and find out things that will benefit their business and benefit them individually. And what we've been told by the participants of the competition is that one of the best benefits for them is meeting other like-minded young entrepreneurs finding yeah. that they're not alone, that these problems are the same, whether you're a design in design or whether you're in cafe bar, they may be completely different industries, but the similar problems exist and how you've overcome them. And that's not us telling them this is what you should do. That's peer-to-peer through experience, and they find that tremendously valuable. Okay. Talking of experience, uh, don't you think it's better for young people to go out and get some uh, work experience before taking the plunge into running their own business? I think that all depends on the individual. The, if you look, certain individuals will benefit tremendously by having some work experience and it will increase the chances of a potential business starting up being successful. But equally, there are incredibly entrepreneurial individuals out there who can enter a, a business arena that they have no experience in have no knowledge of the market, pick up knowledge very quickly, define what they're going to do and, and, and create a very successful business in. I suppose one example would be Richard Branson didn't go and get lots of work experience. I know he's a very, very <laughs> well-known entrepreneur, one of the most successful ones in the country, but he didn't go and get lots of work experience. He just started and he seemed to pick up the experience as he went along and he had some pretty big disasters in the early stages but he learned from those and he progressed and he's now obviously one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the, in the country. Okay, good stuff. Over recent months and years there's been a large-ish increase in the numbers of people starting up in business. Over the last few months or years have, have you guys seen uh, any increase in, in entrepreneurial activity or, or, or interest from a, a younger audience? I think there's, there's a, a greater interest <clears throat> as, as the physical numbers of, of actual starts. It's going to vary from region to region and country to country across, across the UK. But, but certainly young people are considering it. Instead of the traditional route of a career or university and then into an organization where you're looking at the career path, it's not, and self-employment historically used to be perceived as sometimes a bit of a last, last stand saloon, I can't get a job, therefore I may as well set up my own business. Mm. Well, a lot, the attitude is shifting. And self-employment, business creation, starting a business, whatever you want to call it, is now not a dirty word. It's now there. It's another option of equal value to a career path or another defined route. So I think that's the cultural change is, is existing in young people. Now, that may be a direct result of young people from in, throughout schools and in further education getting entrepreneurial enterprise experience 
of some description, shape or form that then means that they're more susceptible to the ideas of setting up business rather than traditional routes. Okay, great. Uh, that's very good, Duncan. Thank you for uh, telling us a little bit more about Shell Livewire and your thoughts on the subject of Young Enterprise. No problem. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay, so there we go. Small biz pod number seven under my belt. And all that's left for me to do uh, today is just to remind you that if you'd like to send in any comments, please send them to alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. And to introduce a final piece of music, it's an excellent piece of trance with plenty of uh, Axis Virus synths in there for you, Cognoscenti. And it's by uh, a UK artist called De Pulse, and the track is called Sonic Rush. (laughs) 